Welcome back to the Football Podcast. We are back to cover more football drawing this pre-season. Not much has happened, and yet a lot has happened. It's mostly transfer sagas today, and a little bit of the Women's World Cup. Just one game. I can, I can sure you can guess which one that is. Mm-hmm. I'm Hugh. I'm just going to introduce myself because I'm running with it. <laughs> and today I'm joined, as always, by Jack. <laughs> Hello, hello, everyone. Apparently, we're doing intros like we've met. It's nice to meet you, well, Jack. In a way, it is. To obviously, be fair. it's a momentous day because we are doing video recording today with the hope that this might even end up on YouTube. In which case, it's important to distinguish who we are. True. So, big True. moves are being made, right? Very big moves. We talked about it for a fucking long time. And full disclosure, this is like our fourth take trying to get this to work. We're using Riverside. Riverside, if you're listening, it's a bit buggy. This platform, it turns out. Mm-hmm. That would be my general feedback. We'll continue, but if you want to throw us a little promo code, I wouldn't be unhappy with that. That would be great. And we'll plug it every time. Let every people know time. that we're using your platform. Now, Jack does look like a potato on my screen, so like, I hope that the quality is good. <laughs> two potatoes. I'm hoping it works out well. I'm hoping it works out well, but there you go. But anyway, on to the football. We won't dilly-dally. The biggest story to come out of today... Killian, bloody Mbappe. Bid from Al-Hilal from the Saudi Pro League as they continue their world domination of fucking European football. Yeah. Um, I may as well just give you the facts. I think we start off with the facts on Mm -hmm. what has happened and what I'm talking about. Al-Hilal have bid today 300 million euros for Killian Mbappe. Now, from what the media, at least, and the football aggregators of this world understand, it's 300 million bid. It's one year contract, which is insane, right? 13 million euros a week for Kylian Mbappe. And then it's just a one year contract. So in 2024, he can move on. Now, PSG apparently have accepted it. There's been no talks on the player side in terms of proposals, anything like that yet between Al Halal and Mbappe. And PSG believe that Mbappe has already agreed a pre contract agreement with Real Madrid for the summer of next year, 2024. So that's where things stand. This is a fast-moving story. Things are going to develop. And we're going to talk about it a bit more. And this does feel like a seismic moment in the kind of Saudi intervention of, of global football. You know, at the start, when they started, you know, once the PIF invested in those four clubs in the Saudi league, you know, I, I never, ever imagined it would get to this point. I don't know about you. Nah, I mean, I feel like there's been many seminal moments. Firstly, Ronaldo, that was the first one. He must be fuming, by the way, about to be ousted as the poster boy for the Saudi League. Just a redundant, you yeah, know, really? sort of end of the road kind of career for him. But yeah, I think Ruben Neves was the second one where I was like, whoa, this is this is a bit mad. Uh, but yeah, Mbappe is next level. And in a weird way, the more I think about this deal, the more it seems to make sense for all involved. Because PSG, I think they actually might be financially ruined for a short period of time if they let Mbappe go on a free. So this gives them an out and a profit, a very tidy profit on what they bought him for. It gives a player an out and a disgusting amount of money compensation for literally nine months of work. And Real Madrid get what they want. They don't have to Mm. pay for Mbappe. And everyone knows what's happening. The pre-contract stuff is interesting because I'm pretty sure legally you can't have a pre-contract with someone until six months. In theory, but you know, if it was accidentally left it could on the be table like a verbal, where he walked in, a verbal gentleman's agreement is more likely mm. the case. 
Um, yeah, as you say, that is definitely not legal. But you know, it's long been kind of it's 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 been touted for a long time. Real Madrid and Mbappe. It's it's more of a question of when, as a question of if, is going to happen. And you know, in theory, this deal makes a lot of sense. I think the the main thing is whether Mbappe really wants to go and spend a year at twenty four in the Saudi Pro League. Now, I think we should split this into two parts: the Mbappe side of it but also the mm-hmm. impact on the Saudi Pro League should it go through. Now, let's talk about Mbappe side first. Yes or no? If you're Kylian Mbappe, do you take the move? Yes. Categorically, yes. I have never heard a better take deal it. in my life. 700 million euros is what he's expected to earn for one year's work. Has anyone ever been paid that much for one year's work? Ever? For never. Anything? Never. Ne- I, don't, I think this would be the highest paid sportsman ever. This is this is ludicrous money. Ludicrous yeah. for a one-year contract. 700 mil. The craziest uh, part remember, is like tax will no be tax low. Tax will be low if, if non-existent. Yeah. The commercials will be insane. His brand will be insane. And oh, it's just mental. There's no costs. There's no cost attached to it. He just has to turn up and play football and he will get 700 million euros. That's insane. It's insane money. And, you know, we, we've spoken about it before on the pod that Mbappe is quite an astute businessman. So part of me thinks he will take it because what's the other option to rot on the bench by PSG? Apparently it's been made clear that PSG cannot leave on a free next summer. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. Like it's not happening. PSG won't allow it. They either let him rot on the bench. one of them, isn't it? And can Mbappe's ego take it? Can it take it? I don't know. We know he's got quite a big ego on the on, on the kids. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's just there's just no other option. No one else can afford to get Kylian Mbappe when there's money involved. The only way anyone can buy him is on a free transfer. He's one of them. He's untransferable. Man City, I felt like they were the only club who could do it financially. Maybe Man United if they got the Qatari money, which looks like that's dead now. So I feel mm. like this is actually the only option that suits all parties, other than letting him rot on the bench and. That's why PSG have accepted the offer immediately. They can make a profit. They can make a world record fee for a player. And then they can just sort of be done with the whole PSG experiment and pretend like it didn't happen. Mbappe's gone. Messi's gone. Neymar will be next. And they can try and be an actual football team. Well, we know PSG are moving in that direction where they're going to buy talented youngsters because they've seen the formula work across Europe. Buy the talented youngsters at a low cost, develop them, sell them at a high price if you have to, but PSG don't really need to sell, do they? But they need to get a team ethic back. And I almost feel like Mbappe is a hindrance, despite all the goals, despite all the assists. You know, the attention's always on Mbappe. You mm-hmm. know, PSG teammates have already written a letter of complaint about the comments Mbappe's made through the summer, ever since he informed the club that he wasn't going to sign on for another year. You just can't have that in this day and age. Team harmony is, is paramount importance, isn't it? Um, yeah, hundred percent. And he's just—it's not conducive anymore. It's just not going to work. But they say they say of Mbappe that actually, as good as he is, he is a bit of a problem. Um, and there's some like pretty basic stuff. You know, like every single forward is expected to do a certain amount of defensive work, and apparently he just doesn't want it. He just does not want to do any of it, no matter how much they try and make him do it. Neymar apparently does more than him generally. I mean, Messi famously doesn't do any tracking back, but I think you can allow it. And Mbappe's sort of in the same. I think you mold. can allow Messi. But yeah. at a high-functioning, yeah. like Champions League contending team, 
you do kind of need everyone pushing in the same direction. You can't really afford to carry any superstars, no matter how good they are. So he is, yeah, this might be perfect for him. He can just go smash it and not run back and then get to Real Madrid and they'll work it out. Do you think his level might drop if he goes to the Saudi Pro League for a year? It's a good question. I feel like it might do, but I also feel like he might just break like 100 goals and he'll probably be pretty fucking sharp when it comes to finishing at the end of it, regardless. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just, it's just, you know, you know what it is? It's never happened before. Mm-hmm. The best player in the world currently going to a kind of, you know, I want to, I'm going to call it a money league. And you know, the Saudi league is developing and the speed in which it's developing into a top league is, is terrifying, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It's terrifying. It you know, like the standard from this time last year is just, it's incomparable. You've got to remember, Ronaldo only went in bloody January. You know, there that were no mental. superstars over there. And suddenly you've got, you've got pretty much they, most teams are stacked out with one or two, you know, what we would consider superstars here. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. 100%. How long before Saudi Pro League becomes a genuine league? That's what I was going to say. Do you think there's a scenario where they push to be a Champions League? They push to get one of the um, like league spots? Like they've been, you know, uh, sorry, let me rephrase this. The Champions League is expanding. There are more places up for grabs. Is this all part of a bigger move to inject so much noise and so much capital into the Saudi League that UEFA kind of has to invite them to be part of the Champions League? Because they bring so many eyeballs and so much sponsorship and so much excitement into the competition. Are they trying to gatecrash that long-term and legitimize the league permanently? Well, it's funny you should mention that because I've seen some tweets today saying how long before, you know, UEFA and Saudi come to some sort of agreement to include them, even though they're not part of Europe as this kind of extra member of of, of UEFA, you know? And yeah, I guess that is, that probably is because, you know, Champions League, to many, now I appreciate that in global football, Champions League is only centred around European teams, but to many, it's the pinnacle, including footballers, isn't it? To lift the big ears, the famous cup. Yeah. The European Cup. Um, I'm sure the Saudis have got eyes on that because all the Saudis want when they buy golf, you know, when they when they're doing the horse racing now, they're doing they're doing the football now as well. It's all just exposure for Saudi Arabia, isn't it? Yes. It's part of their long term, part of the PIF's long term plan to be, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a global brand, global name, but akin to the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. To be a name on the map. Yeah. So can you imagine? It that makes as sense. Well? They try and muscle in. Can you imagine that? like the Champions League music and you've got like Al Halal there and like their fucking yellow kit. It would be crazy. Stranger things have happened. You know, if you told me mm. last year that Kylian Mbappe seriously might be considering a move <laughs> at 24 to Saudi Arabia, I'd be like, okay, Facts. what kind of football manager editor save have you got going on here? This is like FIFA career mode gone mad. But no, this is actually real life and football feels like at the moment just a little bit broken um and i don't know how Do you know what is like, let's talk about our personal bit yeah i was gonna say what i feel like one thing that's a bit of a shame is in all of this isn't it a shame that graham Sooness has retired because i would have loved to get his two cents on this whole oh. thing the game's gone oh. i'd have loved I think to graham get Sooness, he's probably he's probably having a stroke you know what i mean <laughs> he's probably at home just like killed over can't believe it i mean 
the state of it, to be honest, the absolute state of it. But I want to pose a question to you based off this. Mm. A couple of years ago, you might have heard of it, a proposed idea between predominantly European teams, the European Super League. RIP. Now, the reason for its inception and the re- what they told us was it was to preserve the integrity of European football. And we all laughed. We all laughed. We all said no. No, 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 no. This is a dumb idea. This is a cash. This is a cash cow grab. You know, like they're they're just trying to make it less competitive in the, in the Champions League. Was now obviously with the Saudi intervention coming in. Was this the kind of thing that maybe they were trying to protect <laughs> European football from? That's a fucking you know what crazy I mean? <laughs> shout, bro. That's a crazy shout. You can't tell me that Daniel Levy and like who's that? Who was the old? Um, the like chief executive of Juventus and Yelly, you can't tell me that they were the good Agnelli, guys in all yeah. of this. You can't, you can't tell me that that they were the heroes we actually needed, and we were too stupid to vote for it. This can't be true. Well, this can't be another like when they, the Brexit you know, 2.0 where we fucked the vote again. This can't be that. No, but now like this is happening. You know, like there's 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 genuine money in the Saudi lot. Like, money we've never seen ever. You know, like mm-hmm. Jordan Henderson on seven hundred k with Steven Gerrard in, 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 in the Saudi League. You know, this is exactly the kind of thing that they were warning us about. You know, like we need to preserve it. We need to distribute the money against you know the top teams. We need to keep eyes on European football. This is all part of their manifesto, wasn't it? Um, yes. So maybe you reap what you sow. You know, to however, we opened ourselves up. Here's another view. It also opens up the possibility to bring in a shitload of buying money out of nowhere. Like if PSG get this 300 million euros, that will then be spent some in South America, but mostly in Europe, you'd imagine. And so there's a lot more money coming into football, which should, in theory, filter down to smaller clubs. No. It's it's not like people are going to be buying <laughs> no. from the Saudi well, yes. are they, at a premium. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but if... PSG received 300 mil, then they're going to have the West Ham problem where it's going to affect the whole market, where the market's already mm-hmm. fucked, right? Prices are going to go through the roof. You know, we're seeing it already. Palinia at Fulham being to- touted at 60 mil. There's no way in hell he's a 60 mil player at 27, nah. 28 from Fulham. You know, and the little, it's just, I feel like the divide is going to get bigger, to be honest, based off these transfers, because this is the new baseline, isn't it? This happened when Mbappe moved from Monaco the same summer when Neymar moved to PSG. Um, those two transfers are like a mm. it's like a point in history when it comes to the transfer market. It changed the market forever. This is why we're seeing Declan Rice at 105 million. I don't know. It's just for me, it's just going to make the disparity even worse. And when does it end? I can't. The Saudi, we know the Saudis when it comes to you know sporting institutions. LIV Golf have now merged with PGA. You know, that, that should be a good kind of example of what the Saudis intend to do. You know, we talked about UEFA. Yep. Is there going to be a merger or some sort of agreement? You know, that's what they want. So it's a very interesting time in football. And I'm sure a lot of football purists are, you know, up in arms about it. But at the same time, can we really sit here and begrudge Saudi Arabia investing in their league if they have the money? No, no, we're just salty because... We're threatened. We're just threatened by their unlimited buckets of cash. Is that and their all ambition. it is? We're just insecure. We're just insecure. We're just insecure. 
we just we thought we were the big boys over here with the Premier League, and now getting bullied. Like there's been bids mm. for Louis Diaz at Liverpool, and yeah, that's like, can you imagine that? Just Saudi Arabia, like just the audacity, and yet. Every day that goes on is becoming more legit. Louis Diaz could genuinely turn around at some point and go, I actually do want to go. You know, so it's like, we're getting bullied now. Yeah, it's life-changing money. Just remember, this is a job to people. You know, a lot of footballers, let's face it, don't play for the love of the sport. They do play for the love of the sport. But not Ben you wouldn't get turned if you could quadruple your weekly Are you worried about Ben Not Ben White. I mean, if they want to target a right back at a decent level, then Ben White's perfect guy because, as I say, he don't give a fuck. No, he does not. He'll literally just sit in his hotel room no. every day, watch YouTube, and then go go train, and that'll be it. He might even like life out in Saudi Arabia. You can't really go outside. Mm-hmm. So, as you say, he'll just watch a bit of football. Watch a bit of football? He definitely won't watch a bit of football. Watch some films, a bit of Disney+. Plus. You know, I reckon... What do you reckon Ben White like, what's, likes watching? I reckon he likes watching videos where people like make ridiculous stuff in the jungle. Those kind of videos. So you know the people who just build like a house <laughs> in the jungle or like make a well out of nothing. I nah, reckon he loves that shit. Nah, you've got Benny Blanco all wrong. I reckon he watches like Towie. Definitely watches Love <laughs> Island. You know he's one of them. One hundred percent, he's one of them. If he wasn't a footballer, he'd be on Love Island, wouldn't he? Surprised he hasn't Facts. been on Love Island even being a footballer. He's probably got yeah. time. He'd probably argue he's so, got time. <laughs> fucking oh, love got, that guy he's got so much time so much time I love Ben White too my favourite player so there you go okay final question on this mm-hmm. does it diminish PSG's status reputation if it happens no because their reputation's pretty low right now anyway no one takes them very seriously so if they suddenly are armed with 300 mil and the possibility to not be so PSG I think if anything the curve is upwards I think I feel like their reputation's at an all-time low since the money came in. Like Messi left, they booed Messi. Everyone loves Messi now, so that reflects badly on you. They bottle the Champions League every year, and like Mbappe just bullying them and just cucking them. So actually, I think their reputation's pretty low right now, and a hard reset mm. should improve things. I'll be honest. I'm just going to come out and say it. PSG fan base stinks. All right, and if any PSG fan base are listening to this, then take a shower. You stink. You absolutely stink. <laughs> you yeah. There's certain things you don't do. So, booing um, booing Lionel Messi after he's bagged 20 goals and 20 assists. That's one of them. You don't do that to football royalty, you know. Bit of respect. Absolutely. That's PSG fans have no respect. And speaking of Lionel Messi, it's been a big week for Lionel Messi. Now we know he signed for Inter Milan on Sun. You know what? His deal's not even great compared to what Mbappe is being offered now. He must regret not going to the Saudi. You want they offer him like a billion or something ridiculous? I just, I, I just want to correct you. Lionel Messi hasn't signed for Inter Milan. It's Inter Miami. Um, oh, sorry. But... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he's he's Whoops. on a fair whack. But do you know what? Do you know what I've realised is that even if the money is not so good, he's got he's got a certain amount of like money or like revenue sharing within apple like and royalties and other as brands. Well. yeah yeah so it's like he's yeah. actually creating like a legacy brand like michael jordan so even if the money's not there initially it will be there for the rest of time kind of thing like there's also I'd... rumors as well that um he will we could create an mls franchise once his time's done over there although just the like option, david so. beckham in the same way that Inter just Miami. Like david beckham. yeah exactly exactly 
You can imagine. Yeah, that, I feel right? like Lionel Messi. He's got it all there. He'll have like a shoe line at some point, just like Jordan's. I feel like he's he's got it all mapped out now, and he'll just settle down in I don't know fucking Florida or some stupid place like that, and he'll just create another super team within the MLS. And maybe he feels like the MLS will actually be legitimate at some point, and it will start getting bigger and bigger, and actually be another permanent contender um, to the kind of European superiority. Maybe Saudi Arabia feels more like a sort of like a fad, just like a big spike in interest, and then it sort of dies off. Feel like America's got more chance of being permanent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 had links to Miami as well. I think he owns a house in Miami. I think it's somewhere that he frequently travels to. Mm. So at this age, with an amazing deal that he does have, that fair enough, probably wouldn't be Saudi money. You know, I think I think family family choice came in a lot with his decision making to go to into Miami. And you know what? After all this, he seems like the best of the three when you compare Ronaldo and Mbappe and Messi. He almost feels like he's he's taken the the morally right decision to go MLS. But also MLS yeah. is just a it's just a cash cow on a lower grade, isn't it? And I think because we're Western, we're a bit influenced. You know what I mean? I think there is a fair amount of dis- mistrust with with Saudi Arabia, which filters in to our reporting on it and our views on it. Hundred percent. And I can only go back to that point when I say, can we really? sit here and admonish them for trying to develop their league. And, you know, it's not it's not anyone's fault they've just got unlimited funds. If anything, we, we should have seen this coming. And maybe we should have done the Super League to protect us. But there you go. We're spending too much time in it. We're talking about Inter Miami. Did you see the free kick? I did. It was great. It was glorious. What a debut. Would you say it's a better debut than Ibrahimovic's debut where he scored that 40-yard bicycle kick? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Arguably more impact from Ibra, mm. but I think it's just seeing Lionel Messi in the MLS doing what he does, a 94th minute winner. Um, and also, I know this doesn't really mean anything, but to Americans, it means quite a bit. Did you see who was in the crowd to watch it? You've got Serena Williams. I think LeBron James was there. I think Tom Brady was there. Um, you know, he's like sporting superstars over in the US, all out to see the greatest of all time play ball. Um, I do sometimes wonder yeah, it's really if the just average quite American, if they actually understand how good he actually is, because I'm not sure if it's quite sank in for a lot of Americans that they've literally got arguably still the best player in the world. And in my opinion, the best player of all time, I'm not sure if they understand that because they have quite insular sports. They don't really look at sports outside of American sports where they dominate. So I'm not even sure if people understand. And this almost just rubber stamped it like, I'm here now. Look how fucking good I am. I've got into Miami their first mm. win after 15 matches without a win. I am here. It is done. Points on the board. It's pretty mad. And they're building Probably. a little Probably. Barca testimonial team around him with Busquets arriving, Jordi Alba arriving, Luis Suarez rumoured to be gagging mm. to rejoin the band. It's great. It's Even so Iniesta. Great. I expect Danny Even Alves Iniesta is being rumoured. Mm, yeah. Nice. I swear you're only allowed so many foreign slots in MLS. I thought it was only three. Oh, no. M- MLS is flexible in it. They're like, oh yeah, he'd be good for MLS. Get him in. We'll find a loophole. Um, and the thing that. is, is like all the MLS. I think all the MLS clubs contributed to Lionel Messi's pack package. Yeah. So it's almost like a, a unanimous decision amongst all the clubs, which is something that you would never see in any other league in the world and that's what I like about MLS we do laugh at it but they are quite forward thinking 
you know, they do try and think of different ways to kind of market the MLS. Like, let's even talk about the pre-seasons that's going on now. You've got the summer series going on with the um, with the, with the Premier League clubs, you know, like, mm-hmm. again, raising the profile. There is there is one thing before we go to break I wanted to talk about. I was watching the CBS panel about this. It was after the MLS All-Stars. Whoa. So the best, the best players amongst the MLS teams this year played a friendly against Arsenal, mm-hmm. got walloped 5-0, and now... You know the pundits are saying like we need to stop doing this because it's 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 affecting the MLS reputation because their argument is and it'd be good to get your thoughts on this. Us as as football fans only watch American soccer. I'm calling it soccer because if I say American football, it gets confusing. We only watch it when our teams are over there, mm-hmm. and then we watch someone like Arsenal play against the best roster. I hate that word. <laughs> the best You'll team give me the ink right now, best bro. I'm not going to lie. This is, ah. <laughs> this is unpleasant to listen to. <laughs> yeah, the best roster. <laughs> uh, um, and they got beaten 5-0. And, you know, again, we're just sitting here like, yeah, they're trash. <laughs> and then another year passes yeah. and the same thing happens. I'd you know, like, say... Is there any argument that, that the Premier League teams are devaluing their brand? I'd say, overall... Firstly, when you pluck a random team made up of just random individuals, they're obviously going to be pretty bad when they're just playing a one-off friendly, as opposed to a functioning, highly trained, high-performance unit like Arsenal. So it's not really a fair competition. It's not like FIFA, where you're just like, I'm going to be classic 11. Chemistry is going to be perfect. Everyone's going to be great. It's just random people. It's like mm-hmm. Soccer Aid. It's like putting a, like the Soccer Aid people against Arsenal, basically, except they're just fit. And can play football a bit of this. Yeah, really but this real is it. I don't think. I don't think Americans really understand that part. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, they, obviously they do, but they have the All Star Game with the with the NBA, for example. And I'm sure that's way more competitive. So they're probably like trying to translate that over into into football. But like you say, Arsenal's team. Fair enough, it's preseason, so you know we technically we're going against people that are in the middle of their season, and yet. As you say, you know, Arsenal have been playing under one coach for, you know, three, three four years now and have a lot more chemistry. And you can't, you can't just put all these teams together. But I do respect what they're trying to do with MLS. And I didn't like the whole, I don't know if you saw that, after we lost, after Arsenal lost to United in the friendly, they just did a penalty shootout because just because. Stuff like that. Yeah, that was really weird. Football fans laugh, I think. Yeah, mm. but they're, they're just not... They're just not serious. Like, it's not serious. For example, let's let's be clear. The only reason that all the MLS teams contributed to Messi's deal is because there's no risk involved. There's no money involved. There's no relegation. So there's no threat of anything going wrong. It's basically just, do you want to bring in a superstar that will help all our brands? Yes, I do, actually. Will it affect me? Not really, other than this cost. It's not like asking fucking, like, Watford to put in, like, 20 mil to bring Messi to the Premier League and being like probably won't benefit because you'll be down next season it's different you know they're not mm, like a serious mm. league because there's no threat of relegation there's no like bonus but they want to be a serious league they want to be then they have to introduce league. it it's just like it's just fun it's just gentle it's just a friendly league everyone has fun there's just like playoffs and some fucking silly shit and there's parades and you know half-time interviews it's not serious basically there's no passion to so, it are you saying then I think it's a structural problem. It's like entertainment. It's entertainment as opposed to sport. I think in MLS, although it is sport, but it lacks that that like I don't know Sunderland winning like one nil at Chelsea to secure survival. Like they'll never have that kind of high or the lows of watching Sunderland. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, before we go, arguably 
isn't technically then all American sports, NBA, NFL, isn't it all just entertainment then? It, it is sport entertainment. Sport is entertainment, but I think you don't get the highs and lows unless there's the jeopardy. That just doesn't really come. You only get the highs in American sport. There's not really like major lows, like cataclysmic lows. It's more like, ah, oh, I didn't win the thing. I'm pretty sad. Next year we go again. And I guess that's just American culture though. Mm. It's all about like everything's awesome and we're all winning and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't like to think about like losers or like real life consequences. Consequences. Yeah. There you go. There we go. It's a cultural thing. And that's why MLS will never compare to the top leagues. They need to change it from top to bottom. Love that. Okay. We're taking a break. When we come back, we have, we have more stuff. Goodbye. Welcome back to From the Backseat from a Podcast. I don't know what to say about that. Let's just move on. Um, We're talking transfer. (laughs) We are talking transfers. We're talking transfers. And um, hmm, first up, Harry Kane. With a weapon in my arm. Sorry. (laughs) I'll stop. Yeah, Harry Kane. Ooh. Now, I'm putting this in, even though we covered it last week, because it's been reported by Build, and whether or not you trust Build, the German tabloid or not, is up to you. Harry mm-hmm. Kane's wife, the missus, has been spotted in Munich looking for houses and schools. Ooh. Now, has she actually... that is a big development. Mm-hmm. Right, it's That's been interesting. I don't fucking follow Harry Kane's wife, all right? Just, just to be clear. Because I'm not a fucking a stalker. Unnecess- yeah. It'd be a bit weird. Unnecessary clarification. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of Spurs fans would like to follow Harry Kane's wife so they can actually find out for themselves whether their talisman, their talismanic striker, is actually going to leave the club this year. Now, again, today there's been developments, which I didn't add to the notes, so I'll just add this in for you, Jack. Joe Lewis, Ooh. the actual owner of Tottenham, has categorically said to Daniel Levy, the Spurs chairman, that he can't leave on a free next year. You know why? Because they can't afford it. <laughs> they can't oh. afford to lose 100 mil. I'm telling you. Of course they can't. Honestly, Spurs fans are in denial if you think he's just going to let them walk away for a free, man. Now, hun- yeah. hun- oh if God. they do... <laughs> Son Young Min... Sorry, I'm just going to cut you off. I just called him Hung. <laughs> Son Young Min has also been very coy on, on Spurs' on, on future. I can't fucking talk. On Harry Kane's future as well. Uh, non-committal, he doesn't know, all right? All signs are saying it's still up in the air. Now, I said it from the start, I think he's going to go to Bayern Munich. Fabrizio Romano is reporting that they're going to put a world record bid, not a world record bid, but a record bid for Bayern Munich to lure him to the Allianz. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. So, Jack, I'd be keen to get your thoughts. Well, in light of all that news, I don't feel like they've got an option. Although, if I was Spurs, I'd be extremely savvy and send Daniel Levy to Saudi Arabia immediately because they can get a bidding war going and some sort of Kylian Mbappe-style deal where, oh, Harry Kane, you can, you can pre-agree to join Bayern Munich in 2024, but you're going to Saudi Arabia for one year of service and we are taking the £150 million as a result. 
That's what I'd do if I was Daniel Levy. But knowing Daniel Levy, he'll just ignore all of this, turn off his phone, and then try and negotiate and just keep Harry Kane. That's what I think is going to happen still. Daniel Levy doesn't sell players. That's not what he does. Daniel Levy doesn't sell players, no. It's, I know a lot of Spurs fans are in denial about it, but you've got to think logically. Is there any point losing him on a free next year? Or just reinvest 100 mil this year? No. No. We said it on the podcast and it's like, both options are bad because, number one, what are Tottenham playing for next season? Qualifying for top four, maybe? Is that really mm. worth 100 mil to like maybe mm. do it? They're not even like mm. in the top six, like favourites for top four. So after that, what's the point? But then do you trust them to take the 100 mil and reinvest it wisely? Absolutely not as well. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. But 100 mil is better than no mil. This summer. Agreed we said there. that last summer though. So. <laughs> yeah, we did actually. We did. Let's see. But I don't know. James Madison seems like a good signing at 40 mil. That Italian goalkeeper, when they couldn't get David Rea, at least they have backup plans. Like they do have a sporting director in place now, who was, I think, formerly heading up the city oh, they? over in Asia and Oceania. Yeah, so I don't think it'll be purely down to Daniel uh... Levy making decisions or Ang Post the Australian general manager, who yeah, I what his name is the big Aussie Andre Andre Postacoglobolo. Yeah, I don't think it'll be purely down to them. And, you know, Richardson can do a job up front. I know people will laugh at that, but actually that he's just been shunted out on the left-hand side, which is not his position. <laughs> I think we should look at Brazil national team, Richardson. Who's good? Mate, he's good. I think he's a good player. I think you know, he's just been... You know how you say that there's a few players like Ian Acho that I've got a soft spot for. This is one of those. <laughs> you're just not, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. Those rumours linking him to no, Real Madrid no, no. have gone to your head. No, no, no. I'm is, I, is I saw him last he's season. Above he was, he's, he's he above was average. He's above average. Yeah, but if you're putting him on the left-hand side, mate, you can't run. It's like putting Harry Kane on the left and asking him to track back. It's stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but he, he didn't score any goals, I don't think. Maybe he scored one goal. He scored one. Premier League goal. That's mental. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, but he scored like four offside goals. So, <laughs> do they count? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you get paid for those? Do those count? I don't think they do. He's no. rubbish. No, but I think it's He's unfair. Rubbish. If you play a player out of position and then say you're shit, I think that's just really naive on everyone's part. Like, at least give him a chance up front. And I think the team's so catered around Harry Kane at the moment. I almost feel like Spurs as a team will benefit. Because I'm sure at the moment they're just like, right, get the ball, pass it to Harry and hope that he can do something. And we've seen that. You know, Ronaldo got amazing stats in that first season at United at the detriment of the team. I'm not saying, because Harry Kane's a lot different. He's deep lying. He makes things happen. He's, he's one of the best all-round centre-forwards in, in, in world football at this time. I'm not saying he's holding Spurs back. <laughs> I'm just saying he's... maybe the other players will be better when he's out of the team. Or as a team, output might improve more. Yeah, in the massive vacuum that Harry Kane will leave. Others will fill it and they will step into it, undoubtedly. But he is, however, in my opinion, the greatest Tottenham player by far. And so it will be a slow evolution because how do you replace someone so good in so many ways? Like You just can't. It's going to take a bit of time. No, you can't. Tottenham are going to go through some mediocre times. You can replace him if you sell him for 100 mil. 
What you can't do is let him go on a free because then you can't replace him. And if they don't get it's Champions League business. football with him next year, then there's no money. There's no money to to get. Like they could, they're not going to do it, but they could get Oshiman, you know, with a hundred mil. They could go all in. They could get mm-hmm. Rasmus Hoyland, who United are after, with the hundred mil. Yep. They could at least do something. Whereas I think if they leave it another season, they can't do anything. I agree. He should be sold. He probably won't be sold because that would be far too logical. But I, I do agree that it makes sense to sell him. What I what I do want to say, though, is is this transfer getting a risk of Bayern Munich just... You know how like Real Madrid decided they wanted, they wanted to buy Eden Hazard and they just, just kept going until it happened and it was a disaster? Are Bayern Munich at risk of just... They're too invested in this whole like transfer saga now. Have they stopped to think of a hundred mil on Harry Kane at age thirty is good business? Because what if he gets knackered, you know, mm. immediately? I feel like I know he's really good, but it's like it's very short termist and it's, it feels very out of character for Biden. I worry if they're just panicking that they're getting left behind now. And it feels like a big risk to me. Well what they're trying to do is they're trying to fill the void of Robert Lewandowski. They didn't have a recognised centre mm-hmm. forward last year, apart from Chippy Moting, who's probably not up to up to scratch. I think there's probably hopes that Sadio Mane could play centre forward for them, but it just didn't work out as they that they'd hoped. And I think there's still five six years in Harry Kane because his style of play isn't really built on pace. It's just game intelligence, right positions, finishing from anywhere. I don't think there's a lot of risk attached. I think he's going to go to the Bundesliga if he does and absolutely smash it, win like five titles. And I'm sure he wants that. I mean, we have to remember, like, this has long been over his head. And as much as we can joke about him never winning a trophy, as a footballer, the pinnacle is to win trophies, you know? And I don't think he, I think the sheer record almost means more to us as as football fans because it's such a monumental achievement than it does to Harry Kane. Why do you fucking care at the end of the day? He's already going to be one of the best strikers in the Premier League. He's already the England top mm-hmm. scorer. Like, why does he need the Premier League record? Surely he'd rather play in the Champions League for the next five years. There's no guarantee of that at Tottenham. You know, like, he hasn't played in, like regularly in Champions League. Well, he's never played. Maybe not one <laughs> I season, I just, maybe. No, he's had quite a few seasons in the Champions League, in all fairness. But never with a team that was competitive to win it. Obviously, they got to the final in 2019. Great. You know, like, that. that's a shame. You know, that was their, that was their chance yep. on the pot. That was their chance on this team. And he's going to be too old for the rebuild, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I think you should let him go. That's all I'm going to say on it. Tottenham fans, let us know what you think. I know what Agreed. you think already. You want him to stay. Every single one of you. There's not a single one who thinks he should be sold. So there you go. <laughs> I don't blame him. It's hard to let go. But anyway, let's move on. Um, let's talk about the World Cup. So the Women's World Cup is underway. Um, we've learnt, listeners, long-time listeners will know this. We had a very ambitious project in December, which was to cover every single World Cup game. And we did it just about, but at the cost of sanity, I would say, and general quality of content, I think it was pretty horrendous by the end. So we've learned from that and we are just covering England. And if you're not from England and you don't agree with that, then you can just come back in and listen to the to it in like 10 minutes, probably. Mm. Well, if you're a misogynist and you're not going to give women's football a chance, then now is the time to leave. Because you've watched about 40 minutes of this anyway. So in terms of monetization, we're absolutely fine, gang. We're absolutely fine. Nice one. You can go. Thank you very much. So where the eyeballs are, you know, it's all of the <laughs> toxic men. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be a large part of our viewership. We salute you. Stay toxic, kings. Anyway. I was about to say, toxic men, stay. Stay. 
stay. Jack's more woke than yeah. me. I'll be the toxic one. Amen. I think. Um, so yes, the lionesses, <laughs> the lionesses, they're off the mark, um, and they have beat Haiti one nil. And having watched the game, I don't feel particularly proud about this result at all. It was, I'd say, on balance, a draw would have been fair. Haiti had a few good chances, just a couple of really good saves, a couple of some bits of woeful finishing. But overall, the only goal of the game was pretty dynamical from start to finish. Um, I almost mm. feel like it's worth referencing the fact that there was an initial penalty claim that came before, which on initial watching, me and Hugh were like, don't know what's going on there. Don't really see what the appeal is. Slow-mo, oh my days. Oh it my was God. savage. Like, she's just... One of the Haiti defenders has just raked her boot down the leg of one of the lionesses. And it is pretty bad. I'm not really sure why it wasn't a pen, but life moves on. And then one of the, the most gentle well, handballs ever. No, let's go into that efficient. Because I don't really understand what happened. It went to VAR. And we should talk about this as well. The mic was, the ref was mic'd up. The referee had a mic and was telling us what she was doing, which was amazing. So that should happen across all formats of football going forwards because that was Big great. Fan. We said referees yeah, need quality. to be more accountable for their decision making, and I'm so happy that this is being obviously being trialed. Well, I was not aware of this prior going into the World Cup, but yeah, she was just telling us why. But I still don't understand why because she said it was the no pen, but she still booked the the, the Haiti def- defender. So I don't yeah. really, I didn't know you could do that. So it, it wasn't a pen because there was a foul in the build up, right? That's, that was my understanding, that established? but somehow she's still got a yellow card. It's that grey area. Do you know what this is? This is the uh, Jordan Pickford grey area of violence, where after a foul, you're allowed to commit murder because it's technically not in the game. And I guess they just closed that I'm loophole. I'm all for that. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm actually all for that. I think I think it was a yellow card. And I think regardless of what happened before, that was still committed. Yeah. And could have genuinely been a really you know could have been bad consequences to a challenge like that i am before, also pro so. i'm pro this decision because it was a fucking bad foul yeah yeah so that happened and then next thing you know there's another penalty appeal yeah <laughs> and this time the haiti defender's just gone for a volleyball technique like, yeah like a block was, over the net which that's can't understand it's a bit of this little fingertips little fingertip save yeah, don't know what's going on there. I don't know why you're jumping very, up like this. Very weird behaviour. <laughs> it was very bad. Very strange. Very strange. And so you think, right, Georgia Stanway, just going to slap this in, no problem. Very good pen, saved. Saved by the Haitian goalie. And we were like, save. what is happening? Like, what is actually happening in this game? And then just cap it off. Just to cap off why this is such a sad goal to win a game with. It was retaken because the goalie, having made this incredible save, was over the line when she made the save. She made a little jump forward just before yep. contact was she made moved with the ball. Off the line. We're talking milliseconds, though. Like, if you freeze it yeah. in the wrong frame, maybe half a second. It looks pretty bad, you know. So it's just like it's just grim at that point. Like you've had a penalty mm. saved already for a really stupid handball, and then you get to retake it. It's, it felt like the referee wanted England to win. And I know it's not that because the application of the rules was accurate and logical, but that's just the, the feeling you get from it is that it's a bit of a sour victory, but a victory is a victory. And we take the wins. Yeah. It, yeah. You just, in the end, you just felt sorry for Haiti. 
You know, like it's their first ever mm. time qualifying for the one and twelve cup. Played really well. You know, arguably they had better chances. I can't think of play, an out and yeah. out chance for England beyond yeah, an open play. You know, I, I can't think of an out and out chance beyond the penalty, to be honest, for for England. And that's a real worry. Mm-hmm. I think it's been it's been quite a few quite a few hours since since the women's team has scored from open play. Which is very national teams men of of yesteryear, isn't it? Which is just mm-hmm. playing for corners and playing for set pieces. And the women's team, especially over the last couple of years, especially since Wiegmann's taken over, have been playing, you know, free-flowing football, scoring for fun. Now, Alessia Russo was yep. on the pitch. The Lauren, Weirdly, Lauren James didn't start. And she came on, didn't really have the desired effect, if I'm honest with you. And the best chance of the game fell to Haiti in the 80th minute, where mm. Mary Earps has just pulled off an absolute wonder save to keep it 1-0. Really? Yeah. That we, was the we, chance, I, wasn't it? I, th- I think we both let out an involuntary noise when we watched that save. It was pretty special because it was just like such an authoritative big boot out of nowhere. It's kind of save where you're just like, that's the game. She's not getting beaten today, you know? The confidence it instills in mm. the whole nation. She's a bit of a baller, really, isn't she? I'll say that it, was very, it reminded me of David De Gea because he's obviously renowned for saving with his feet as opposed to his hands. And it was that same like, authoritative big boot. That just denied it. It was it was a sick save. It was the good. outstretched left boot. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a really incredible save for Mary Earps, to be honest with you. Uh, but you know, a win's a win. If we go through in the tournament and we get to the the, the latter stages, no one's going to remember how we beat Haiti. It's important that nope. we did beat Haiti. So all credit to the lionesses there, and commiserations to Haiti, who showed more than enough metal for for the World Cup. You know, if they can perform like that every game, then they've got every chance going through as well. There obviously are some very strong teams. I feel like Brazil, for me, are the favourites, based off the fact that they won like 5-0. <laughs> but really, the US women's team must be up there, as always. You know, the, yeah. the superpowers of, of women's international football. So it'd be, it's going to be a hard run for England to win. But they did win the Euros, didn't they? Yeah, I just feel like this. the squad's a little light on some of the like best talent is not there, like Liam Williamson and people like mm. that. So that's a bit of mm-hmm. a worry, but you know, end of the day, the team is still the European champions. And if you don't have two of the players or three of the players, that's still a lot of good players in there. There's still a lot of winners in there. So I'm not too worried so far. And it's not like I've ever seen any England team win a World Cup. So I'm not exactly stressing out if they don't win it. Which is business as usual, really. Business as usual. Right, one more section, and then we're wrapping up this inaugural recorded video pod. We have no idea how we're going to edit this, by the way. So if it does make it up, then <laughs> please smash the like button because we are, we have worked hard tonight to get this going. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Right, I've chucked this in because I want to talk about Pochettino's Chelsea. However, I forgot that Brighton got a red card in this game that we're talking about. So that, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> it was quite an even game up until that red card, in all honesty. So, do red cards we're just count? Gonna review, I mean, Chelsea have kind of. In Quick question Do red cards count in friendlies? Like, will he now be banned for an actual game or will he no. just be banned for friendly games? No. He's not going to get a ban. He's just off the pitch, isn't he? So, it doesn't count. He's not He's not banned for the next game. But the first game. What's he going to be banned from? I don't know. Just seems why would the American then? Summer Series carry over to the Premier League? It's like Champions League football and Premier League football. Why would they cross over? 
Come on, mate. We're doing it. It's season two of a football podcast. You can't be asking shitty questions like this, mate. <laughs> so this this offside thing, what's going on there, then? What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to ask. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's been oh, a long day. Goodness. All right. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway. Van der Heck's banned from the first five games of the season because... I knew it. <laughs> Why not? Well, all I know is if he enters the summer series again, he's going to be in big trouble. He's not going to be playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean to be honest, it's a good question because of American rules over there, anything could happen. But no, as far as I'm aware, there's no, there's no, re- there's gonna be no bans, right? Just qualifies, no bans. Anyway, it's, it's a hard one because after watching the game, I, I, you know what I mean. I was actually a lot more even. Arguably, Brighton could have got a four-four here. Yeah, but I do want to touch on Chelsea because a lot, obviously, a lot of criticism after last year about their team, and you know, a lot of criticism for their transfer window so far, where they feel. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they've kind of gutted Chelsea, haven't they? In a sense. The Chelsea that everyone knew from the past four or five years. That cycle's done. It's so, it's confusing. This is a new team. We were saying earlier mm. in the break, we were like, it's actually mental. They've literally sold an entire, very solid starting eleven already. And watching this game, I honestly, and I don't know if this is just because like, I'm just getting older, I was genuinely finding it hard to keep up with who was on the pitch and like who everyone was. Because it's like, there's so many new players and it's not just new signings. There's like Matson who's come back from loan and there's like Mallow who's now playing. He was on loan. I'm just, I am struggling a mm. bit with Chelsea and when they play two left backs on the same team. pitch and then they switch out those left backs for more left backs. It's just scrambling my mind. Like how can they have so many left backs and so few midfielders and have bought so many players? It's just, oh, it's a bit wild to me. Right. There might have been a bit of a pause there because I'm not going to lie. Jack just turned into a potato. So I hope that he can hear me right now. And I'm just going to I can hear you. my head that I heard that. Everything's okay, working cool. for me. So I'm just going to stab in the dark. It is a new team. Cassidy was in the middle. There's a, I've never heard of Matson in my life. Lewis Hall made a return. Cole Will playing against his uh, former club, albeit on loan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Chelsea. Completely new side, and they look the better for it, I have to say. Pochettino has them playing a very familiar football for anyone who watched that young Tottenham team and he took over, we're thinking yep. about 2016, 2017 here. Um, and there was a certain swagger. I mean, they scored four goals. I cannot think of the last time Chelsea scored four. Did they even score four goals last season in a game? That, I don't know is, if they did. That is a really, really good question. I don't know. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. So... You know, just to see them score four goals and God play damn. expansive football. Yes, they conceded three, but I think if you ask Chelsea fans after last year, would you rather win four three every game, or you know have high scoring games, a bit like Klopp's early era, where you know where it was just yeah. like four four every game, or just or draw one one lose one nil. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It's, it's an easy question. Chelsea, Chelsea love a bit of attacking football. Do they? I don't know if they do actually. I'm thinking of Mourinho's era. It was all defensive. Anyway, there's some players I want to pick out. Now, anyone who listens, who's listened to the pod, and if you have listened to the pod or watching this, then we, we, we really appreciate you. We really appreciate you. We're doing YouTube for you, primarily. And then we're going to get a patron and make you pay more money for our dodgy content. Oh, Anyways, yes. Mudrick. Oh, scored. God. I don't, I don't know if he scored before. Again, I don't think he has. But that goal is disgusting. It's a naughty I goal. I feel like that is the blueprint for the future, isn't it? 
Nicholas Jackson being the focal point that they desperately needed, somehow having better hold-up play than Lukaku ever could, even so being a slighter man. And just that one-touch little lob, the lob back, and then the one-touch, bang, volley bottom corner. Oh, my goodness. It was really good. It was, was incredible. To it was a really, really good goal. Um, I'm loath to do this, but Brighton did have 10 men at that point. I'm just going to throw it out there. And it is a friendly. So they did. Don't, they did. I'm not, they I'm did. not too impressed, but the bar is so low with Mudrick that soaring, seeing him score a sick goal, it did feel quite satisfying. And Nicholas Jackson, mate, never heard of him, but he's just one of many generic signings that have been made on eight-year contracts. I think he was the last one of the golden era. But yeah, he actually looks really good. I'll be a little bit annoyed if Chelsea have finally broken the curse and found an actual striker because they've gone through so many. And they seem to have like a cursed shirt. <laughs> it's the number point. nine curse. Yeah. Is he number nine or is it in Kunku now or is it someone else? I'd be surprised if anyone takes number nine. I'll just steer clear of it if I'm a striker, if I'm honest with you. 100%. Unless you're that confident that you can break the curse. But many a man have tried, starting with like Shevchenko. Torres, I could go through it, you know, even go back yeah. far as fucking Adrian Mutu if you want to go it's there. It's glorious, isn't it's it? Just been, it's just glorious. It's been a redundant number. It is glorious. But you feel like Nkunku and Nicholas Jackson as your two strikers, that's really good options for me. Nkunku also got a very nice kind of instinctive goal. Nicholas Jackson, now I mm-hmm. want to give you some stats here. So far in two games preseason, a goal and four assists. I think that's pretty good stats, to be perfectly honest with you. His finish in this game was was excellent. Um, Those stats are so good. I just good. think they're looking like a like a prospect. They yeah, they look mm. good. They do look they look very different, don't they? Really, they look much more Pochettino esque, and I like the fact that they're playing four two three one, no bullshit, just straight into the goat formation, which has become a bit redundant in recent mm-hmm. times in football. So it's nice to see it back with all of this inverting fullbacks and you know all this stuff. Just a throwback. Four, two, three, one. Put the man in the hole. Counter attacking. High press. I'm here for it. It was great football. And I wonder who's going to be the breakout Chelsea star now they've got all these talented youngsters. Pochettino loves a talented youngster. Is Chocomeca going to be like the new Mason Mount in a year's time? We'll be he like, wow, well. he's like a sixty mil player. He played really you know? well. There's so many of them. Hmm. Hmm. Mad. Well, that's it. Cassidy got a lot of a lot of potential. I thought Melo Gusto looked really good at right back, and they finally have a decent option to back up Reese James, who will inevitably only play about fifty percent of the season. You know, mm-hmm. as Pilaqueta just wasn't cutting it towards the end of his time at Chelsea. So uh, maybe we're going to look back at this summer and see that they actually made the right decision. You know, maybe clearing out that whole team as brutal and as nonsensical as it seemed. At this time, maybe it all makes sense once the season starts. Because, yeah, you know, it's a stark difference to how they played in preseason last year under Tuchel when we smashed them 4-0 over in the States. I know preseason shouldn't be the barometer, but we were we were shit-hot Arsenal last season. And that continues into the into the Premier mm-hmm. League. And I think it, and Chelsea were dog last preseason, and that carried on into the league. So I just feel like maybe they've turned the corner. I think lessons obviously been learned, and maybe they're going to have actually a really decent transfer window. Maybe they have had a decent transfer window. I'm sure there's a couple more surprise signings to uh, to pop up. So that's it. That's all I want to say on Chelsea. There you go, Joe, friend of the pod. I hope you're happy with that bit. Finally yeah. praised them after a year. Which is had a hard. few grumbles, but in our defence, what else was there to say about Chelsea? You literally spent like a fucking billion pounds 
within about eight months and you were 14th. Never seen anything like it in my life. So, yeah. But size look good. I'm not sure not sure what the point of all the transfers were just to get to this point where you just bin everyone. But if I guess if it works in the end, there's methods of the madness. I don't really get it still, but... Well, I guess the point is, is that, as you say, they have a completely new team to the one that lined up last year. That's the point. And maybe this is the team that they want. This is the team that's needed. Maybe that shows the team we're at the end of the cycle. Maybe Bowley's a genius. Time will tell. Time big, will tell. Big, big But with that, we're going to wrap it. Mm-hmm. This is the end of the inaugural recorded pod. Yeah. I can hear someone yeah. coming through. Oh, there we go. One so second. We're going to go. That was a close one. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're just going to hope that that noise pollution didn't come into the recording. Which it but definitely yeah, thanks did. for listening. It definitely did. Hopefully, this is going to be the first of many. Go listen to it on Spotify and Apple Music. Apple Music all of them, as well. All streaming platforms. And yeah, just love it. Just, listen just, to yeah, it. Just, watch just it. Like, like it all. And yeah, if you have yeah. any really horrible football takes, please send them to us because I would love to talk about your horrible football takes and how horrible they are. And if anyone can answer the question on whether you get a ban going into the season from a pre-season game, please put this one to bed because I think Jack, he's confused. I am tired and confused. (laughs) Aren't we all these days? Aren't we all? You know? Aren't we all? All right. See you next week. Thanks very much. Goodbye.